Let's travel to Poland in part two on our travel feature for today with uh, editor of eagerjourneys.com, Iga Motilska. Happy New Year, my darling. How are you? Happy, happy New Year. All the better for chatting to you. Um, I know that you had a little bit of an oopsie with your uh, holiday. Girl. I hope. <laughs> and and I must just say, everybody, please know, Iga is not the person who, who recommended I go there. It was yes, not Iga. No, <laughs> no, no. But regardless, I hope you managed to spend some quality time with the family and friends and that you managed to find some downtime and just like rejuvenate your soul and your energy levels. Oh, thank you so much. And the same to you. And I'm excited to talk about Poland. So I missed part one, but of course, these conversations do get podcast, uh, which came through uh, last week when Yuveka was standing in. Let us pick up on part two. Yes, certainly. And so I was, uh, I spent four months in Poland over the summer season. So when we were chatting about Alaska and Tanzania and all these other destinations, I was actually coming to you live from Poland. Um, I was very excited about returning uh, for, I can't remember which time because I've been there so many times, luckily because I've got family and friends living there. But yeah, it was so wonderful to explore different places that I'd actually never seen before. And of course, returning to some of my firm favorites and just seeing how they've changed over time. So what are, um, so that we're not doing repetition of last week, we will definitely do a catch up on part one. So what would you like us to know about in this part two? So I think I'm going to start off by saying that, and this is the thing that we talked about briefly, is that Poland is really a great budget de- destination for South Africans because we've got the Zwartuska, um, but there are also so many cool ways to save money. And we talk about this often. We know that Randellas don't go very far, so we have to be innovative and think about cool ways to save money. So I thought I'd mention a handful of those. Number one would be milk bars, and these serve traditional Polish food. And so you can get a two-course meal with giant portions, anywhere from 90 to 140 rand. And so you're generally talking about like a soup and a stew uh, and a main meal. So if you are on a budget, good quality, hearty portions, and will really give you kind of an introduction to Polish food. Something else that is weird for us South Africans, because all the red flags will be going off in our heads, is Blablacar. That's B-L-A-B-L-A. And it's a carpooling app that's been around for around, I would say, 20 odd years, if not longer in Poland. It's obviously verified. You've got all your safety checks in place and everything. But you can find someone who's traveling from one side of the country to the other and carpool with them and obviously save on costs um, of petrol and so on. Uh, there is There are a number of safety features there as well. Um, but of course, weekly, monthly transport tickets um, are really affordable. You can buy month-long or week-long uh, railway passes. And if you're not going to be staying in a hotel, uh, you should look out for a so-called pensionat. That is a boarding house. And so they have not the boarding house in the sense that we know it, uh, but it's essentially a, a big communal house with private rooms and a communal kitchen and generally uh, a patio or balcony, courtyards and gardens. Uh, and it's lovely because very often, you know, it's kind of like 
what Airbnb was before Airbnb. So that's also a really great way to save some money as to try to stay with locals. And of course, there's lots of free walking tours um, in all of the main tourist hubs. And they've got different themes in terms of communism or the Second World War, uh, modern art and architecture. There's a gastronomic tour or there are a number of gast gastronomic tours as well. And of course, in summer, lots of free activities. So we're talking pop music festivals, uh, theater productions in the parks. They've got open air dance festivals, film screenings, photo exhibits. So really lots to keep you busy um, and lots of things you can do on a budget in Poland. I'm glad you said that because obviously we always worry about our rand when we are going into Europe. Yes, definitely. And so Poland is a great destination because you can actually uh, take your time and comfortably spend two weeks there at a fraction of what you would pay in other Eurozone countries where you've got the euro. Yes, yes, which makes it a whole lot easier. But please tell me, I'm so interested about this highway to hell. <laughs> yes, and that's actually, <laughs> that's a funny one, um, because hell, and that's hell with a single L, uh, is actually the name of a peninsula. And the name comes from the old Polish word, which was spelled H-E-L or H-Y-L, and it means empty or exposed place. And now this name comes from the fact that it's actually a 35-kilometer-long sandbar peninsula. So it juts out into the Baltic Sea, and it separates the sea from the Bay of Putsk. And it is the most popular seaside resort town in Poland. It is essentially the Cape Town of Poland, except that the water is warmer, if you can believe that. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm glad you said that, because you know me and the cold are not friends. Exactly. And it's so wonderful because imagine this, the width of the peninsula varies from about 100 meters in some places to over three kilometers at the very tip uh, of the peninsula. Um, and it's so wonderful because there are five other tiny hamlets along the way, along this 35 kilometer stretch. So here you've got family run Airbnbs, you've got war museums, promenades and beaches, uh, there are beautiful pine forests and obviously lots and lots of health and wellness retreats, saunas and spas. Um, you can also happen upon tiny fishing ports and harbors uh, and those who love adventure. This is the capital for kite surfing and windsurfing in Poland. Uh, and one other thing. Wait, did you those... do it? Did you do it? <sighs> it looks <Not> exhausting. <laughs> I know. I'm still learning how to surf. <laughs> I have to stand up on a surfboard for like over a second. If I manage that, then I will progress to kite surfing and windsurfing one step at a time. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah, but it's it's really lovely for those who love uh, war history. It's got some really interesting um, stories to tell because it was a fortified region uh, that belonged to Prussia and Germany. And then after the war, it was given back to Poland. And so today it's got lots of military significance in that there are many fortifications and barracks and batteries that are open for free to the public. Um, and of course, some of the areas still closed because it belongs to Polish armed 
armed forces. But all of those World War II nerds will really get their fix there as well. So I've got a question that's coming from WhatsApp from Baba Lo, and I don't know if you will be able to answer this eager, but a big question that always comes around traveling, um, you know, particularly for people of color. And this is the WhatsApp question saying, odd question, which I will say isn't odd. Is Poland safe for black people? I've heard stories of people being mistreated, people of color. I don't know if you've heard of any experiences that people have uh, shared, Iga, um, or, or, or if you have not heard anything, because obviously that would come from those that have had the experiences themselves. Absolutely. And Rele Bohila, I think that is a very vital and important question. Um, and actually, when I was in my hometown for four months, I befriended a girl named Mariam from Tanzania. And we all immediately hit it off, of course, because we were sharing uh, stories about that beautiful country. Mm. Uh, and I met a number of other people there as well. Uh, another one is another friend is Mpai. She's teaching English there, actually. Mm. And I asked them both, I said, what? What were your experiences of Poland? Mm. And of course, everyone has a variety of experiences. I will say this, Poland is still a very or fairly conservative um, country. Mm. Things are definitely changing, especially with the new uh, president and the new party that's coming in, Mm. which is much more centrist and much more left-leaning and more liberal. So I think that's very positive because we're seeing big changes in terms of women's rights, Mm. um, migrant rights, racial, gender rights, all of that. So that's very positive. When I spoke to them, they did not have any negative um, experiences. In mm. fact, they said that people are constantly coming up to them and asking them, what do you think of Poland? Mm. Wow, you speak Polish. And what do you think of the food? That goes without saying you should always exercise caution, mm. always be aware. I think um goes without saying that you'll have, you might have very positive and or negative experiences. Mm. Um, and I'm in my heart, I'm hopeful that things are, um, you know, going well. I was watching an interview with another gentleman who is campaigning for racial rights in mm. Poland. He's been living there for 15 years. He's married to a Polish woman, has two children and says that still, unfortunately, people do sometimes, you know, give him a look and they're quite surprised when they hear him speak Polish and, mm. and then come up to him and say, wow, I'm so impressed. You've got such a lovely Polish accent so of course there's still a long way to go and lots Mm. to learn Um, but i have seen the last time i visited was seven years ago it's becoming much more racially gender migrant wise Mm. uh, much more multicultural um and diverse so Mm. i really do have positive hope uh, and i hope that people do have positive experiences Mm. it's uh, poland became a democracy in the early 90s so a lot has changed since then definitely for the positive and thank you so much for sharing that and if you are listening and wondering why would a place not be safe for black people it is the reality not all um, uh, people live in countries where there are many black people there's still racism that happens and the same applies to minority groups of the LGBTIQ plus community where they are not welcome so when people choose to travel they will ask us such questions how, how welcomed will I be when I go there thank you so much Iga Motilska head over to her website eagerjourneys.com to see more of her spectacular travels.